Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. So welcome to our Palm Sunday, Sunday morning worship celebration. And I realize this Palm Sunday is unlike most other Palm Sundays that uh, people are accustomed to. Uh, and again, if you guys are experiencing problems with the stream, just, just somebody let me know in the comments or somebody sh shoot me a quick text and we'll try to get that back up. But uh, I am going to ask, because this is unlike any other Palm Sunday that we have ever experienced in our lifetimes, uh, that right now, while you're kind of getting situated, grabbing your coffee and doing all that stuff, if you would, uh, take a moment and just share this live stream. Um, or, as some people are doing, start a watch party, because this is a prime opportunity for the people of God to be the church unlike any other opportunity throughout history, uh, right? Uh, I was talking to someone a few weeks ago, and we were talking about how, you know, when World War I, World War II, when all of these things happened, that the people probably thought, this is it, this is the end, this is the end times, this is the return of Christ, but they didn't have the capability to, like, share this via the internet like most of us do today. Uh, but it was a time, an unprecedented time, uh, when people turned to Christ. Uh, and I wanted to share something with you. Um, there is an organization... Sorry about that sound. There's an organization called Groundwire, and I've shared this with uh, the people in Crossroads in the past. Uh, they have a website called JesusCares.com. And what that does, it's, an, it's, it's a website, a chat-based, kind of like text, not video, but text back and forth-based website dedicated to answering the questions of uh, the unchurched folks, uh, young adults, millennials, uh, even some teens, uh, and it's staffed by volunteers. Uh, I, I, I um, spend time on there as well. Uh, Spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christ followers who just sit at home on our, our laptop or iPad or whatever device and answer the questions of people who are seeking to know more about God. And uh, they shared something this week. I haven't been on in the, uh, like the last couple of weeks. I was just telling Christy because I've been so busy with all of this stuff. Uh, but And right now, there are people who are on answering questions from people. Uh, but because of that and because of the coronavirus and how it's impacted so many people, uh, they shared that last Tuesday, just this past Tuesday, they had the greatest number of people come on to chat than ever before. Normally there might be one or 200, maybe even 300 people throughout the day that come on in different chats. Um, this past Tuesday, there were over 550 people that came on and said, I need to talk, I need to chat. And sometimes it's about bullying, sometimes it's about suicide, sometimes it's about, I've, when I've, I've chatted with people about, hey, my husband is cheating on me, or, or uh, how can I know the Bible is true, or I've chatted with people who are like, hey, I'm feeling like my life doesn't matter. I'm feeling suicidal. So I was able to chat with them and point them in the right direction and also uh, call in the necessary people that needed to be called. Uh, but as a result of this whole coronavirus thing, uh, they said that this last Tuesday, 
of those, um, I think over 550 or almost 550 people, just over 500 of those people committed their lives to Christ. They came on the chat for whatever reason, but were able to say, hey, you know what? I want to commit my life to Christ for whatever that was going on. So um, just praise God that there are opportunities like this. I know we're, we're, we're hating that we're stuck at home. We're hating that we're going through this. Uh, but the truth is that there are many people uh, who are going to go seek God because of this. And God is going to use it uh, to bring them into a relationship with him. And um, I share that uh, because this is funny how God works. A uh, couple of weeks ago, um, before everyone's life got turned upside down, uh, shout out to the Fresh Prince. Sorry, my mind just wanders. Before everyone's life got turned uh, upside down, we were walking through the book of 1 Corinthians, right? And we were talking about how Paul <clears throat> wrote that letter to Christians to say, here is how you can be the church. Hey, Glenn, glad you're watching. Carl, glad you're watching. Bonnie, Karen, everyone else, thank you guys for, for watching. Uh, so we, we were talking about that, just walking through 1 Corinthians, uh, because from time to time we'll walk through books of the Bible, we'll also walk through topical things, but we're walking through 1 Corinthians, and then, you know, this whole pandemic hit. So on the 15th, instead of having people come, we said we're not going to have people come. We're going <clears> to <throat> practice the social distancing thing. Uh, so we just said, let's address the elephant in the room. Let's talk about, you know, this coronavirus. So we did. That's what we did on the 15th. And then the next week on the 22nd, um, I said, hey, it feels like this is going to be our new normal for a while, that this is where we're going to be for a while. So let's talk about how we, the church, can interact in this new normal. And we now know this new normal is not just for a couple of weeks. Perfectly it might slowly start to fade back to normal by end of April, but more like mid-May, June, <clears throat> but we'll see. And then last week, we said, hey, let's just do some praise and worship. Uh, let's just spend some time worshiping God in song. And I apologize up front because uh, the musical instruments we later found out weren't turned up. Uh, the, what we could hear in here was great, but there's a different mix that goes out to you guys, and it wasn't uh, turned up enough, but we've addressed that going forward. But I say all this to say that God's timing is perfect because uh, if we had stopped a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, people would have been like, I don't feel like that's relevant to me. But right now, what we're going to talk about is probably relevant because whether you're married or whether you're single or, or home with your kids, you're stuck in the house with a bunch of people and that's really what Paul's addressing uh, in this next aspect of what we're going to talk about in the book of Corinthians. He's talking about, hey, uh, all the single people, here's how you can live your lives. Hey, married people, here's how you can live your lives. And a lot of people, because you're stuck at home with your spouse, hopefully you're spending that time to focus on your marriage. So uh, I'm going to summarize a lot of this for the sake of time. If you want to pull out your Bible and walk with us through 1 Corinthians, Feel free to do so. Uh, no matter whether you're married or single, I guarantee you what we're going to talk about is relevant to you this morning. And it's not just, hey, me saying, hey, I think it's time we talk about this. Uh, there were people who were asking Paul about this, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, it says, now to deal with the questions that you wrote about, 
Is it good for a man to keep away from women? Well, because of the danger of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and each woman her own husband. And that's kind of relevant right now because a lot of folks are stuck at home with nothing else to do. And if you have kids in the room, this will be PG-13. Believe me, because that's how the Bible is. In some places, it's not. Uh, but Paul is basically saying, hey, um, they were asking questions about, you know, life and, and what's the word I can use? Coitus. I was going to say, are there any kids in the room? But there's no one in the room but me. Coitus. Uh, so Paul said, hey, if you like her and you want to keep her, put a ring on it. Marry her. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And again, I get a lot of people will say that I don't need, I just talked to someone last week, I wish I could remember who it was, who said I don't need a piece of paper to say that I love someone. And it's not about the ceremony. It's not about the piece of paper. Marriage is about the relational commitment. And you're, you're absolutely right. You don't need a piece of paper to say I love you. You don't need you know, a signed document to say I profess my love for you. But what you do need is that relational commitment, and that's what marriage is about. Now, first, um, this was a culture that's just like ours. Okay? Uh, there was a lot of sexual, even more than ours, if you looked at that culture, more sexual, sexually promiscuous than our culture is today. But here's the reality. As people were coming to know God, just like uh, you know, we were talking about earlier, 500 people, uh, because of that Jesus Cares uh, platform that's maintained by Groundwire, 500 people came to know Christ. But as people come to know Christ, they say, well, I'm used to this lifestyle. I'm used to doing this. I'm used to engaging God in, in such and such a way. Is that acceptable? And one of the questions that they were asking, and one of the questions that people ask today, but the church really doesn't address it, is what is God's expectation for people within the church with regards to coitus? And if you need to look up coitus, Google coitus. Don't Google coitus in front of your kids. I have no idea what's going to come up. Sorry. Uh, but it's, it's sexual coitus. Just use the term coitus. And people are asking, well, when I, before I became a Christian, I used to do this and I used to do this. Is that still okay? What's God's perspective on it? I want to honor God with my life, but I kind of need to know, is this okay? Uh, so what Paul did is he answered their questions. He also answered the questions of, of married people who were saying, look, I'm kind of tired of, of, of so-and-so and, and how do we deal with this? Uh, and I'm going to summarize it all. Uh, first thing, uh, to the married couple, the very first thing Paul said was, have coitus together. He said, if you're married uh, and you're having coitus, clap your hands. Don't do that. Um, he said, if you're married, uh, go ahead and have coitus together. God created coitus to be pleasurable for a reason. But God also wants not just for us to take advantage of one another, but if we're going to engage in coitus for us to do it as a part of making that relational commitment to one another. I shouldn't be able to just come and, and take advantage of you and then move on and take advantage of someone else. If I'm going to take part in coitus with you, and, and Paul talks about elsewhere in Corinthians, that our bodies are temples, they're sacred, they're treasured. Before you give that to someone, 
make sure that they commit to you. He also says uh, that to pray together. And, 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 and here's the thing. God gives us uh, um, his Holy Spirit, each, each person his Holy Spirit, um, greatest asset in the universe that a Christ follower can have, Holy Spirit of God. The next greatest asset is another spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christ follower. So if you take uh, two people and they get married and they're Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christ followers, you've got like the dynamic duo. You've got like, a, an, an, uh, like you know, the untouchables. You've got the greatest thing there could be. So he says, but if that is who you are, also pray together. Uh, but he also says this, uh, that you should commit to one another, do everything humanly possible to not get divorced. And that's not saying, don't tune out, don't tune out, bear with me. That's not saying that God is calling those people um, who are dealing with abusive relationships or sexually or mentally or physically abusive relationships to just stand there and take it because that's not a God-honoring relationship. That's not a person committing to you the way God commits to us. But what he is saying is that if you are in a relationship, then you should do everything humanly possible to stay in that marital relationship because he wants us to review the relationships we have with one another for us to view them the same way that God views his relationship with us. Now, if you're following along in 1 Corinthians, stay there. Uh, I'm going to jump to uh, the book of Romans, chapter Romans, or excuse me, the book of Romans, chapter 8. And this is what it says in verse 38 and 39, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. It says, for I am persuaded beyond doubt, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything in all creation, no virus, no quarantine, no pandemic, uh, no financial crisis, no medical crisis, no sickness crisis, nothing on this planet, nothing in all creation, he says, can separate us from the love of God. And that's the way that he wants us to view our relationships in marriage with other people. Whoever I'm married to, so for my wife, Christy, uh, the way that I look at her is that there is absolutely, positively nothing in all creation that's going to stop me from loving you. And so that's why uh, God hates divorce, because it's, it's dividing a God-honoring or splitting a God-honoring relationship. And he says, this is what you deserve in marriage from a person that you're married to, and this is what God wants for you from the person that you're married to. Now, add in a little caveat that, okay, right now, all of our marriages might be a little tense because we're spending more time with each other than ever before, but this is not the time to pull back. This is the time to say, well, I'm getting to know you in ways that I have never known before. I'm finding new things to love about you, new things about you that excite me, new passions that we can do together. Now, Paul, uh, he also speaks to, um, hey, Jason, what's up? Paul also speaks to uh, the single people, to the unmarried folks. And if you're following, jump back in uh, 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8, he says this. Now, to the single people and the widows, and I'm, I'm going to get to the widows in a minute. He says, I say that it is fine if they remain unmarried like me. 
But if they can't exercise self-control, they should get married because it's better to get married than to keep burning with sexual desires. Now, he says this to the single people, but he includes the widows because widows, uh, hey, Kelly, how are you? Widows were also single. And they had, they had widows that were in two different camps, like two different thinkings on this. They had some of the widows who were older. Uh, their husbands passed away before them, so they're in their 60s, their 70s, their 80s. Uh, they're older. And uh, the older widows, their thinking was, you know what? I'm married to God. I don't need a man. I don't need another man. I'm live my life for God. He is my husband. I'm going to be in the church serving him day and night and day and night. And yeah, that's great. But then you had other widows who were like, I'm like 23. My husband was a soldier, and yes, he was older, and he died. I still have physical needs. Can I marry someone else? Can I go out and have coitus with someone else? What am I supposed to do? And what some of them were doing, especially those who were, because it was acceptable in the Corinthian culture, uh, not necessarily in the um, Jewish culture, in the Corinthian culture, they would go to the te- see the temple prostitute, and they would have sex with the male temple prostitutes. And then they would come back and say, okay, I'm ready to serve the Lord. And so what Paul was saying was, hey, if you're single, it's okay. Or if you're a widow, it's okay to remarry. But if you are um, like want to stay focused on just serving God, then that's okay. And here's, here's the truth. Uh, because if you are single, this is not talking about them, talking about you today. I had this conversation with someone uh, before this pandemic broke out. Uh, we were talking about single people and how they find it difficult uh, to like, stay committed to the church or uh, some of them find it difficult to get involved. Um, and here's, here's in the perspective in a, in a nutshell. If you're single... The only responsibility you have is to make you better and to serve God more. That's it. Uh, You don't have anyone saying what time you're going to be home. Uh, You don't have anyone saying, hey, I want to do this instead of what you want to do. The only responsibility you have is to make you better. You have the time to focus on your education. You can spend uh, hours climbing the ladder of success if that's what you want to do. When I was single, that's what I did. I worked till late at night. I did all kind of stuff like that. Um, So if you're single, though, you have time to focus on you. You want to go learn a language? Um, I have friends at a church I was at in Virginia, and they worked within the government. Oh, I'm glad you could join us too, Kelly. Uh, They worked within the government, and um, every time, you know, the government changed parties, you know, every time a new president was elected from a different party, uh, depending on which party they were in, they were out of a job. And a lot of them were single, and so what they would do is say, hey, you know what? Yep, I'm not working anymore. There's a new president. I'm going to go take six months, and I'm going to learn a new language, I'm going to go learn Japanese in Japan. I'm going to take four months and I'm going to go travel around the world. I'm going to take, you know, a year and go back to school and get another, you know, degree, focus on the next aspect of my degree. So if you're single, you have all of that opportunity and you should be focusing on you, but you also have the opportunity to serve God more. You have the opportunity to volunteer within more ministries. You have the opportunity to help the church more. Uh, And Christy will tell you, um, at the church I was at in Virginia, uh, I was involved in, I think, like 10 different ministries. I was working full-time. I was a volunteer teaching pastor. 
And when we got married, uh, she said, um, hey, Debbie, how are you? When we got married, she, uh, I said, you know what? I, I want to make sure that I spend adequate time focused on you, so I'm going to drop one of the 10 ministries that I'm involved with. And her response was, no, you get to keep only one of the ministries that you're involved with. And she was right, because she deserved, you know, it's different. When I'm single, I can do whatever I want. But when you're married, uh, that other person deserves your relational uh, commitment. But here's the main thing, and we're going to kind of start to sum this up with this, uh, that Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 24. He says, brothers, let each one remain with God in the condition in which he was called. In other words, if you're single and you, you become a Christ follower, you, you, you find God or somehow through this national or global pandemic, it, it leads you to commit your life to Christ, stay single. Don't let people in the church tell you, oh, you got to get married. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what Paul says. We just read that. If you're single, stay single. If, if uh, you find yourself in a relationship, that's great, but you're not forced to suddenly seek to change your station. If you're married, and, and for some reason during this global pandemic, you walk into a relationship with God, uh, that doesn't mean you have to leave your husband or your spouse. It doesn't mean uh, that you have to get divorced. Stay married. Even, even if the other person's not a Christ follower in the same chapter, Paul talks about who knows, they may find Christ because they see you now starting to treat them the way that God treats us, loving on them the way that God loves on us. And again, this is not the call that says if you're in a physical or mentally or sexually abusive relationship that you have to stay there. That's not what God says because God doesn't want us in relationships that are not God-honoring. But if you are married and then you become a Christ follower and then your spouse doesn't, this is an opportunity for you to share and to show the love of Christ with them. This is the key. Remaining in your relationship with God, no matter what your situation is. And I get it. Uh, it's kind of hard talking about relational stuff right now because right now everyone's focus is on you know, medical and financial and all this stuff. But God's desire is that we be God-honoring to him in the situation and condition you're in. If you're in a position where you're under quarantine, at home with your husband or your wife or whoever, uh, and a bunch of kids, and you commit your life to Christ, use that as an opportunity to share and show the love of Christ to them. Now, as I said, the point is the most important relationship is our relationship with God, and God tells us not to sacrifice that for anyone. That is the most important thing that we can do. And as I said earlier, this is Palm Sunday. Uh, it's unlike any other Palm Sunday because most of us are used to, and I've seen, and you guys have probably seen in your streams as well on Facebook and social media where people are like, hey, this is Palm Sunday. I'm so used to the ceremony of Palm Sunday, and everyone feels like they're missing out because there's not all these ceremonies going on inside of these buildings. Uh, but I would submit that this Palm Sunday is more like the first Palm Sunday. And I'll share with you why. Because on the first Palm Sunday is when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And I'm going to read to you from the NIV, uh, John chapter 12. 
The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival, excuse me, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches, and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. And that word Hosanna literally means the, the best translation uh, from the Greek is the word Hosanna, which means deliver us. But in the most general translation, translation it means save us. And on this particular Palm Sunday, there are probably people all over the globe, not just in our cities or in our counties, uh, definitely not in our schools because most of those are closed, but all over the globe that have no idea how this pandemic is going to turn out. And it's making them start to think about, hey, what really happens when you die? It's making, pe making people start to think, Maybe I do need to consider, is there a God? That's one of the reasons why I ask you guys to just share this live stream, tag someone you know that may be of interest. Um, and again, it's not to get people into this building because there's no one in this building but me right now. It's so that people might actually get answers to their questions about God. And one of the things that we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to shift our focus, so that we can respond to that, so that we can address the concerns that people have about God. So uh, next week is Easter. The week after that, we're going to spend the time on the Sunday morning, I think that's the 19th, just addressing kind of like a Q&A and asking you, we do prayer Monday night, Wednesday night, and Friday night. We do an online video chat Bible study on Tuesday night because, you know, no one can gather together right now. But I feel like when we do the prayer, it's me saying, here's what I want us to pray about. I would rather, because uh, we used to do this when we gathered here at Crossroads, is we would have people share their prayer requests. And either we'd come up and lay hands on them or uh, pass the mic around and, and pray together with one another and for one another. So we're going to kind of open the forum so that you can share your prayer requests so we can pray for you, but also so we can answer questions. Uh, there's another uh, forum that I used, and I share like questions and polls on that, and I got like hundreds of responses because I asked people, what's your greatest hindrance? If you had to list the number one thing, what's the number one thing that you says keeps you opposed from believing in God? And I got hundreds of responses, and I told them I'm going to answer those live here. Uh, so I want to share those, but I also want to be able for you, if you have friends that you know that there's something that's keeping them uh, from kind of responding to Christianity, they deserve an answer, especially now, especially now when the stakes are so high. Uh, but next week, here, here's what I want you guys to pray about. Uh, next week, I know lots of people are talking about doing this, and we're, we're kind of set up to do it, and, and i got to be 100% honest with you, I'm kind of... I want to do this. I think it will be great, but I'm kind of on the fence uh, just because of the negative backlash that a lot of people have gotten. So uh, many of you have heard there's this thing called drive-in church, and it is where people will drive to an open field or a parking lot, and then uh, they will stay in their cars, and then the speaker or musicians or whatever will do church, uh, and 
via an FM transmitter, they'll be able to tune their radio to a certain station and celebrate Easter and, and, and hear the gospel. Now, I've, I've, I've talked to one pastor who said, uh, actually multiple pastors around the nation have done it, and people were loving it, but I talked to one pastor who said that he was thinking about doing it, and just even Christians and other pastors were bashing him for bringing people together. And I'm like, do they understand what it is? And he was like, no, we didn't even get a chance to explain. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about it and explain it, because I think um, just like this Palm Sunday is unlike any other, uh, where people right now are like literally crying out, God, I need you, God, I, I hope you can be there for me. Are you real? I think next week will be that times 10. And rather than, again, this isn't about you know, trying to raise money. This isn't about trying to get people into your building. This is about an opportunity to share the gospel with people. Uh, and I know that it, it, people are like, well, is it safe? Yeah, every, it's actually safer than going through a drive-in restaurant. I've gone to a couple of drive-in restaurants um, because, you know, you can't go in and sit down. But even then, you're touching people, you're exchanging money, you're out the window, you're greeting your food, you're grabbing a bag that they've touched. And for Sharon Johnson, yes, all the time now we... When we get takeout food, we clean the bags, we clean the containers, we clean everything. Uh, we make one side of the table uh, unsafe and the other side of the table safe. We put it on the unsafe side and then we clean everything and put it on the safe side or putting it in a new container. But with driving church, it's just everyone drives up and they have to stay in their cars. So no one's getting out of their car. Um, no bathrooms are available. The building we're going to be at is going to be closed, so no bathrooms are going to be available, and we're going to advertise that and, and make people aware. Uh, and also, it's going to be broadcast on an FM radio station, so people don't even have to roll down their windows. Uh, that, and, and yes, we're going to be uh, FCC compliant, uh, a radio station that is not currently being broadcast upon. We'll be using an FM transmitter that only goes about 200 feet, so it really won't go past the parking lot. And even then, it still might be staticky, uh, so people won't even have to roll down their windows. And it's going to be at the Flora Fire Hall in Jefferson Hills. So we're a small church. Their parking lot only holds so many. I'm not expecting, like, hundreds of people to come out. If anyone has ever been to Crossroads before, you know that's not how we roll. We don't roll in the hundreds of people here. Uh, but I want you guys to pray about that. And here's the most important thing. Uh, social distancing will be enforced. Uh, just like when we had our praise team up here last week um, and we were kind of spread out, uh, there's only going to be like five or six of us and we're going to be spread out far enough so that we're not coming into contact with each other because none of them wants to go home sick either. We all want to go home safe and sound to our families. And I get that some people are concerned about things like that. And I'm concerned as well. Uh, I want to, I, I don't, I'm not the pastor that's saying you should come into a building and you should gather, even though I know today, right now, there are still churches that are open and telling people to come in and they're just sitting them every other seat. I'm not for that. I'm not saying anything negative against them. But what I am saying is the most important thing, just like we talked about, is that relationship with God. And even though there are like, you know, a couple of you guys who are watching this now and some who will watch it later, there are bunches of people who have no internet, who have no, no, no Facebook, and so they're not getting that relationship with God. And next week, more than any other, more people than you can imagine 
are going to be hungering for the word of God, hungering to, I want that fellowship with him, and so many people hungering, I want to know if God is real. And God is saying, yeah, I want to answer that. I want to respond to them. And again, this is a greatest, uh, the greatest evangelical opportunity that we can imagine where we get to just freely just share this message with people. And right now, uh, maybe right now, but I'm sure now or maybe later, there are going to be people listening who say, well, let's talk about how do I experience that relationship with God. And it's not about going into a building. It's not about streaming into a church. It's not about how much money you give, and I apologize if someone has fed you that lie. It's about understanding and believing that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for us because of all of the evil and the bad things that we do that separated him from us. And all he asks is that we accept that sacrifice that his son did for us and then we get to spend eternity with him and to make sure that we're aware of how much he loves us and how real this is he says, if you step across that line of faith and put your faith and trust in me, then I will fill you with my Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, so that you might know that absolutely nothing on this planet will separate you from his love, that you are a child of God. And that's all he asks of us. So I'm going to pray right now, God, we just lift up not just the married folks or the single folks uh, or the widowed folks, but we lift up every single person who is just seeking to know you right now. We lift up those who don't know you, who are wondering if you are real. We pray that you would manifest your love to them, whether they hear this message or some other. We pray that they would know that you sent your son to die for them and how much you love them. We pray for all of the folks who are still going stir-crazy because we're in quarantine, like myself. We pray for all of the, the, the first responders, the medical professionals who are out there every day uh, still treating people, still trying to keep people safe. We lift up all the small businesses that are struggling to stay afloat, especially the ones who are saying, yeah, we're going to continue to pay employees even though they're not here. Thank you so much, God, for that. We pray that you would impress it upon the hearts of uh, all of the landlords and the big utility companies who would say, hey, you know what? If you can't pay right now, don't pay. We're going to keep your heat on. We're going to keep your AC on. We're going to keep your internet on. We pray that you would be with them and just speak to them right now. We pray for all the married people, Lord. We pray that your hand would be upon them as they are quarantined together, that you would just be revealing to each of them new ways to love one another like never before. We pray that you would give just insight and wisdom to all the moms and the dads who are trying to homeschool their kids right now. And we pray that you would be with your people, the church, the body of Christ, that now more than ever, we would be showing and sharing the love of Christ to people within our circles of influence. 
That we would be the ones that are not putting negative posts out there, but we're posting positive things, not just verses, but encouragement to one another, checking on one another, and just loving one another. We pray that your spirit would encourage your people, those who are scared, those who are afraid, those who don't know what the future holds, we pray that you would encourage them through your Holy Spirit so that they would know that they have a God in heaven who loves them and there is absolutely, positively nothing, no spiritual forces, no devil in hell, nothing in all creation that can separate us from your love. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Amen.